0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Raid on Your Parade with J.L. Covan. I am J.L. Covan, and I'm here, as always, with my producer, Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, J.L. How are you? Hello, audience. Well, which is it? How am I or hello to the audience?
1: I I like to think that I can say hello to both.
0: Well, I'm doing fine now that the audience is answering you like they're doing fine and they're not hearing my reply. Anyway, we've got a fun, power-packed episode uh, today and as I always say, you know, we're probably picking up new fans every week because we're putting out the social media with the text and with the quick clips, yes, and with all that and the tags and 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 the, and the, the hashtags and whatever the fuck they do on threads. Um, have you been on threads?
1: I I did it the first day it came out and yeah. I was like, oh, cool, like a fresh start, and yeah. then I was just like, I stopped. Twitter in the first place. So why would I do right. this now? It's the same thing I don't I just don't want to I don't want to do this anymore, right. whatever it is.
0: Well, Threads is pathetic and I'm on it. The Course. reason it's pathetic is not because it's not a good faith effort to create something a little better and to screw over Twitter, but everybody on Threads has to keep going. I love it here on Threads. Yeah. So much better than Twitter. I'm like, okay, you doth protest too much. Yeah. You miss Twitter. Twitter is better, even yeah. with Elon Musk. It's still better than Threads. Nobody gives a shit about Threads, but anyway, um, I'm doing fine. And uh, what did I have? I had something to say. And I you
1: were you were telling me about cookies.
0: Well, that's true. I have a dog named Cookie. You yes. know, you know her. Um, cookies. We were talking about cupcakes last week, and I yeah. thought probably a lot of people feeling alienated. You know, we're an inclusive podcast, okay? The podcast has plural pronouns. Yeah. We are inclusive. Um, We represent multiple religions and ethnicities on this podcast. A lot. So it's, 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 we are inclusive. And I realized it could have come off as almost anti-cookie last week because it was so pro-cupcake. But like any good supremacist would say, I'm just pro-cupcake. I'm not (laughs) anti-cookie. But- I wanted to talk about a cookie because I did have a delicious chocolate chip cookie recently. And, and whenever I walk to the studio, I pass a Levain bakery, which is sort of yes. one of the elite institutions of cookie making right now. They, they basically, you know, whatever cookie you order, it comes with the density and weight of a brick. And usually I get about halfway, I get halfway through a Levain cookie. I go, Oh my God, that's so good. And then I'm like, I'm halfway. I'm going, it's, it's not that good anymore, but I have to finish it. And then I'm like smashing my head into a window Because I hate myself for having just eaten an entire Levain cookie. Well, I was uh, recording one of my hit sketches. Uh, I tend to do that from time to time. And I stopped in to kill some time at a Gregory's Coffee. Okay, now they're not a paid sponsor. Yet. Maybe they will be after this. And I looked at their chocolate chip cookies and they had a Levain girth to them. Because, you know, it's... (laughs) when. When people talk about cookies, you know, length is often the thing people say, oh, you know, but it's the girth of the cookie that you need. And I said, let me get a chocolate chip cookie. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. At Gregory's. It's what Levain should be for the hype. What? Because are you a Levain cookie fan?
1: I, I think that they were better before they were spread out. Like the, when they were just like kind of the oh they used to have their their original spot which I think was somewhere in the 70s on the west side mm-hmm. that place was great but then I think once they started kind of like putting them all over the city. Well, they started Quality. putting
0: out crowd work TikToks. Right. And, and you realize they were really now did. selling out to the algorithm. Right. They were no longer kind of an authentic <laughs> act. Right. They were like, look at me. I'm asking white chocolate macadamia what he does for a living. Right, right, right. Stupid Levain TikTok. You guys, you guys have sex? <laughs> yeah, sex. All right. Bro, I'm going to talk about black dicks for a minute. Is that cool? That's pretty good with the algorithm. Anyway, <laughs> um, Gregory's Coffee, they have- dare I say perfected the thick chocolate chip cookie. That's thick with five C's mm-hmm. CC hey. chocolate chip cookie, yeah. five C's possible title for the episode. Thick, <laughs> c- 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 c. Um, because even though it's 500 calories and densely packed with chocolate chips, by the end of it, you're just like, perfect. Yeah. Whereas Levain, it's like, you feel like you're in a fucking restaurant in the Midwest where it's like if you can finish your chocolate chip cookie, it's fine. <laughs> and then you, <laughs> and your you're t-shirt. like, "I'll get it. <laughs> I, I, I it. <laughs> I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it." And that's what Levine does. It's it's like it's the worst combo of like gluttony, but also pretentious boutique shit. Yeah. Not that and don't get me wrong, this is not me saying Levain cookies suck. I'm telling you, if you like thick with five C's, that's thick chocolate chip cookies, Gregory's coffee. It's just they're sitting right there with their coffee and that you don't even think of it. You don't even you didn't think of it. You're not like you're like, Gregory's, I just passed them I thought
1: you were gonna shit all over Gregory's coffee. No, no, Gregory,
0: Gregory has perfected the thick chocolate chip cookie.
1: I, this is this is a, like an amazing revelation. Now I've
0: had two two separate occasions now because yeah, you always fear you had like that perfect batch, but then they the next week they're just like, oh, you just got them. We keep them for seven days. Yeah,
1: we fired that guy that used to make them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so you never exactly. get them like this again. Two for two, and in two different <laughs> locations. That's also important. So. Yeah. I'm here to say right now, Gregory's Coffee has perfected the thick chocolate chip cookie. And maybe you're one of these people who was raised on Levain Cookies. You're a, you're a wealthy Upper East Side piece of shit who's like, my mother used to bring me Levain Cookies when she was coming home mm-hmm. from her affair with her boss. <laughs> and you're like, so they have a very special place in my heart. Well, fuck your heart. And that's exactly what Gregory's Cookies will do. They will kill your heart. That's right. They're so good. You'll, you can't just eat. You can just eat one. It was – I just – and we'll move on. But You it was can just only like, eat one. Yes. But Levain is like, I've got to finish this. Whereas Gregory's is like, we have tested on many lab animals and now dead people from diabetes on the perfect size of a thick chocolate chip cookie. Hmm. Gregory's, 10 out of 10. Okay? There we go. Okay. So – um, I was also thinking about something that I've sometimes uh, speculated on in previous podcasts, which we will no longer name because we are the exclusive property of Slickback Studios <laughs> and uh, and I'm raining on your parade. But I've often thought of myself, I, I just watched the uh, Will Chamberlain three-part documentary series on Showtime. Ooh, I yeah. didn't even know they did this. Yeah, it's good because I feel like Will Chamberlain never gets credit. Every time they're like, who's the best player of all time? and then And then every season they're like. Whoa, Jokic! Episode one. Jokic just broke a record that's been held for fifty years by Wilt Chamberlain. Michael Jordan just broke a record that hasn't been done since Wilt Chamberlain. Right. You know, LeBron James just broke a record. Guess who held it? Wilt Chamberlain. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, Were you not paying attention to last season? He broke Kareem's record for scoring. Cheese, right. Mike.
1: I was trying to go with the theme of the bit. No, but, but yes. Clearly, yes. I have to. No, just
0: messing with you. Know. you. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm like, he never gets talked about, though, yeah. in that much like Street Donuts and J.L. Covan, it's almost like he's too big and too full of flavor and talent that yeah. people look right past him. And it was really good, although they used AI to generate his voice, which was cool for the first part. Get out of here. He got they got permission from the family. But the, the rhythm of it started to get weird. Yeah, because it never modulated. So it was like a win to the basket, but they were there to stop me. <laughs> and then, and you're like, wow, this is cool. And then by the episode two, you're like, does AI have like any tone difference or like moods you could click? Yeah. But it was very good. Um, but of course you get, when you talk about Will Chamberlain, you're talking about scoring records, both on and off the court. And yes. in, it's yes. revealed, spoiler, that he said to one of his lovers, and that's the problem. When, you, when your lovers outlive you, Will Chamberlain was obviously swinging dick in some top tier puss back in the day. (laughs) But now they're like 80. Right. And you're like, ew, Wilt. Well, she was like 25 and smoking, but now she's like fucking, you know, Rue McClanahan from the Golden Girls walking up there. And you're like, oh, So, what kind of stuff do they say? Well, that it was really two thousand, not twenty thousand, and uh, he said when he put that in his book, he said, "What's an extra zero among friends <laughs> so basically, will Chamberlain Genius. wasn't even fucking that much, yeah,
1: right, right two
0: thousand what right. are you what are you an altar boy? Talk
1: about men in crisis
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you even get laid? <laughs> Do you even fuck, bro <laughs> so wheelchair like you know. And 2000, now 2000, very believable. Yeah. Like for that time and for somebody of that stature, both fame, athleticism, and dick, yeah. just you just figure that. Yeah, 2000 sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and that's pre like, and that's that 2000 would be like a 6,500 today, I think.
1: <laughs> Measured for inflation?
0: <laughs> yeah, because there's more just- There's more people. There's more whoring. Yeah. There's like LA. There wasn't this thriving porn industry. They'd be like lined up at his, at his locker after games, just like, Oh, for the gram. Can we find? Oh, sure. Let's go on uh, Adam 22's podcast. Right. Well, this is a question.
1: So like, like I do think about this a lot. What do you think like Drake's number is?
0: Um, as a biracial entertainer myself, I can sort of speak, I think, with a with – a like a kind of a personal connection. Yeah. Um, Drake is – it depends because if Drake is – if he's like a completely shallow animal. Yeah. Uh, uh, 1,300. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Like if he's just like <laughs> – 10,000. I got to <laughs> keep doing it because that's, that's cool. Yeah. But if he's anybody – if he's a dude who's so much wealth, so much fame, so much popularity, so much access – but a normal person, single, wanting to do whatever he wants, 500.
1: That's still a lot. Oh, it's a ton. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did I not? Uh, did, <laughs> yes. That's a lot. I was like. I'm saying, though, for him, 500. And it could be, I'm going to say this right here. Sorry to seem like a prude. If his number is 50, that's a lot. If it's yeah. 100, it's a lot. But yeah. for his stature and yeah, the yeah. lifestyle and the world we live in, I'd put him at 500. I'd say unless he's like just a uh, 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 fucking uh, little Yeezy or some fucking well, rapper. fucking it's just fucking, like, So I got to keep fucking.
1: I think that there, I think that the the thing is that we don't contextualize because we're not like superstar athletes is. I think that a lot of times. We're well, not anymore, more. Not even right Thank you. I think there's a lot of times where these guys go out when they're on the road and there's like more than one woman a night often. You know.
0: I'm, I'm always, I've always maintained, I've never had a threesome, sorry, putting it out there. And once again, good Catholic boy. Yeah. Um, it's not that I'm against it. I'm always just like, I'm perfectly content. Uh, A two breast to one dick ratio is, is all I need. Yeah. Um, I think that's a Nas song. All I need is two breasts, one dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, that's also Caitlyn Jenner's mantra. Yeah. I think so. Right. Um, we're happy about that. And by the way, remember when I talked about, you remember this as a callback and we'll get back because this is all, we're we're talking about men in crisis. Yes. That's why we're starting with men who are fucking a ton of women because they're <laughs> clearly in crisis. Um, the the discussion of my, my solution, which is in my standup act of having trans athletes get huge fake breasts. Yes. And I think that would solve the problem for everybody. And then there was a story about uh, Leah, is it Leah Thompson? Leah... The, the 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 famous college swimmer that has become a cause for right-wing media. Um, I forget what school she's at. I think Penn. Mm. But she was like a middle-of-the-road collegiate swimmer as a man and then transitioned to a woman and is now a champion in women's swimming. And that's been like the, the, the lightning rod for a lot of right-wing media. But one of the swimmers either on her team or competing against her said in the locker room, the person, I believe the first name is Leah, but still has their penis. Yeah. And that it's distractingly big, and everybody <laughs> made jokes about that. And the New York Post shared it as red meat for their, you know, yeah, um, of course, d- dick obsessed Christian yes. audience. Yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself once again, um, what wh- did you think, JL? No, no. <laughs> no what did you no, think no. to yourself? No, the reason I said that is, is <laughs> I was thinking of a movie quote that I wanted to throw in. Yeah. Um. Oh yes, from Mission Impossible Six. Thank you. Okay. Uh, the bigger, the suffering, the bigger, the peace, <laughs> <laughs> go watch the trailer for mission impossible six. That was worth the wait. Yeah. The bigger, the suffering oh, the greater, the suffering, the greater, the peace yeah. that's in the trailer. the greater, the dick, the slower, the speed. Yeah. And you're telling me he's not just walking around with an average piece, but if he's got a big swing that dick that, that, that can't help her, that can't help her swimming. No. So what's the problem? Other than dick shaming, is that a thing? Can we do? Can we coin that on this podcast? Dick shaming. I think dick shaming is
1: certainly something that's common, and people pay for it usually. Oh, that's true. That yeah. is true. Um, and and we're going to talk. By the way, we're going to talk about. Way, yeah, we're
0: going to talk, talk to some of those yeah. porn stars soon on this right. podcast. We're just feeling things out, but we're eventually going to talk about, you know, giving advice to 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 lonely white bros about yeah. how they can succeed in life. We're going to talk to all the big porn stars, hopefully with low cut shirts, because they should know we're doing video content. Low cut shirts. Um, naked. Yeah. Well, naked, too. And we'll blur them out on yeah. some some platforms that are, uh, you know, prudish. Yeah. Um, but uh, not on X, though. No, you could,
1: you could show it all on X. You
0: really can. And I, I it, one of the great joys is when I've gone viral a few times on Twitter and then you see like millions of people liking you, And you're like, oh, who's this person? And then you scroll their page, and it's like their first videos of them taking it up the ass, and you're like, "Oh well, you know, my my comedy has a wide reach." Oh, look at that! Yeah. Oh, okay. You're a content creator as well. Um, so the point is the Will Chamberlain thing. So they said it was like 2,000. That was like the wink, wink with one of his one of his women, and um, I thought to myself, Will Chamberlain's kind of this gold standard. Warren Beatty is somebody who's oh, yeah. always been hailed as a. As a as a, a coxman, a coxman. Yeah. Um, and then I thought to myself, excluding women and gay men. Yeah. OK, because those numbers are going to be inflated. I, I guarantee you, whoever's had the most sex in the world is probably a gay man. You uh, think? Uh, um, What do you think?
1: Oh, uh, all time history of people. Yes. Yes. Because I think the Greeks really, it's got to be somebody from like ancient
0: times, I think. But there weren't as many people then. So you'd still have to do it on a on an inflation. But that's where level. orgies started. Oh, okay. You know? Well, I think do you Rome. count if you're in an orgy, but you only penetrate three, but there's 30 people there. Do you just go, mm, you're going to call that 30? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Right? Yeah. Like like isn't that a way to boost your stats? It's like I did nine orgies. I only had sex with eight people at nine orgies, but there were 3000 participants.
1: Yeah. Well, then you also have to think about like Genghis Khan and people like that who were just... Which is where gangbang comes from, by the, from the G- way. People don't, people
0: don't know that. <laughs> is that but true? That no, can't be true. That's not true. <laughs> no. No, the the Latin root of gangbang G- gang is not gangus. It's actually Gangam Style. <laughs> oh, right. So just to clear yeah. it up for everybody. Woot, woot, Anyway, I thought excluding those groups, women, because you'll have those porn stars who's like, she had sex with 900 men in a day to set a record. It's like... Um, I'm all for empowerment. Yeah. I think somewhere around Dick 582 diminishing returns on empowerment. Yeah. That's just me. I know. Maybe I'm not as open-minded as the next guy or gal or they, but you know what? I think after 582, it's diminishing returns on the empowerment. You really should just stop there. 580 second load, peak empowerment, (laughs) 900th. Uh, you've almost undone all the empowerment. Um, but I thought, who's had – this is the, the whole preamble. Who's had the best single season of fucking in in straight man history? Because I have a choice. I have a pick, and I've already tipped it to you before. But it's a very odd choice. But when I say season, it's not necessarily a year, but it's like – A period. A period, like a distinct yeah. period where like, – like Sandy Koufax in baseball yes. you know, is one of these guys where it's like – didn't have the 20-year career, but is always hailed as one of the greats. Sixth great Because years. for six years, yeah. you know, Bob Gibson had that kind of, maybe even a better run. But Bob Gibson was also similarly. Pedro Martinez. Yeah. These guys who were, like, so incredible for this, like, they reached such peaks and had enough of a peak that it counts. Yeah. It's not like one or two, like Tim Lincecum for the Giants. Right. Two Cy Youngs had, like, 40 career wins or right. something. It's, like, yeah, weird. Yeah. What yeah. a weird career. But – I thought, who's got the best season? Now you can throw out a name, but I'm without any data. My guy is KC from KC Sunshine. (laughs) That's what this This is about. (laughs) (laughs) You teased it, and I was like, oh, I'm down to talk about it. Because (laughs) here's why because you got to factor in a lot. Yeah. Don't look at him. Don't look him up now, by the way, because I've seen him on these like reunion concerts like 15 years ago. He's fat. Bald, still has like the loop earrings, which are actually a worse look when you're like the gauges. No, no, no. Oh, just, the just loops, regular loops. Okay, yeah. Um, and don't look at them, but you got to look them I'm up. Gonna look in up 1975.
1: young KC. Yeah. What's
0: KC's cool. last name? Fox. Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no idea. This is not based on any like urban legend or tales. i have just sometimes you know, shake, shake, shake your booty shows up on my iPod, yeah. and I look it up, and I go, okay, so KC. And he in, in, in a tribute to Matt Reif, he is a hmm. he was a pretty kid who occasionally would give you a little little growl that you might associate more with black artists at the time. Yeah. You know, but he was doing disco dance music Four number one hits between like seventy five and seventy seven. They were just on this one run boogie shoes, dance dance. Um, boogie shoes is great. Boogie shoes. Shake your booty. Um, that's the way I like it, which is my least favorite, but seems to be the most overplayed of all of theirs.
1: They're like all, every
0: single one of these is just like a wedding staple? Sure. You now. Know? Yeah. But imagine 1975. Right. There's a 23 year old blonde guy bouncing at a keyboard. Yeah. Singing songs that are basically just like do coke and fuck. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's no AIDS.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: You know, it's like a John Lennon song. Come yeah. to the truth. Imagine there's no AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. And you're he's, he's good
1: looking too, man. I'm looking at young. I'm looking at young Casey. His, his name, by the way, was Harry Wayne Casey. Uh, sounds
0: like a serial killer because he was does. slaying all that puss. Yeah.
1: He, he's good looking, man. He's, he's like in shape. This is like the, literally the <laughs> picture that you're, I wish I could show it on the screen right now. I don't have it hooked up, yes. but he's just, he is just like, he's, he's kind of, he's not like ripped. But beast, he's like caught- he's,
0: he's Beastmaster tones. Yeah, yeah. And he's behind the keyboard
1: with the long hair and he's yes, just like bouncing around. Yeah, it. I see it. But
0: it's not just that, because any pop star in any era, a young young blonde dude, but but he is playing dance yeah, music with a with a hint of black in it. Yeah, yeah. Hint.
1: The rhythm is there.
0: Like an au jus. Yeah. An African-American ojou yeah. is on the dance music. Uh, uh, what do they call it? A drizzle, a reduction. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <A> reduction. <laughs> but I remember seeing the videos. African-American not thinking- <laughs> reduction. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like, I remember just having that thought and, and, and Laura thinks this is like the most absurd, stupid shit I've ever talked about. Yeah. But I was just like, it's not that I care. It's a curiosity. Like, if I could just know from nineteen late seventy four to early seventy seven, yeah, what is what's his name? What's his real name? Uh, I just deleted
1: it, but it was, it was Harry Wayne Casey, I think.
0: Harry Wayne Casey, yeah, is just got to be throwing heat, sure, like nonstop, like it's it's the seventies. Everybody's cooked up. You are the soundtrack of this like finite period. Mm-hmm. They're all going number one. You know, the, I think they were four number ones in there. They're not just like top 10, like four number ones. You're throwing heat. You're a good looking blonde kid, basically. I just think, I just think I would love to know the numbers. And then I find out, of course, he was like Barry Gibb, where it was like he was married right before they got famous. And he just lived. A-
1: Five number one hits for Casey in the Sunshine. Band. There you go. Yeah.
0: And I just... I, I would I would venture in the comments. This is where we get the fan engagement. Yeah, in the comments, <laughs> drop it. Sound off in the comments. Who do you think had a better run? Now, this is not. I don't want to know. This isn't really about like. Well, I heard Mick Jagger fucked four thousand women over forty yeah. years. Don't care. I want like a. It can be a season. It can be like if see, but then and with athletes, it's tricky because somebody like Steph Curry, he's married, family guy, Christian. But if he was none of those things. I think he's still disciplined enough that he's not going to be out fucking it. Like James Harden, well, yeah. is more the guy.
1: I have some James Harden intel that is interesting.
0: Oh wow! I just have I through my
1: through my other job uh, with guys we fucked and uh, people that I know in the circuits where strippers, yeah, are uh,
0: he's an active participant.
1: Oh, he's put women through college, like
0: oh, wow. <laughs> in the champagne room. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's great. In a way. Yeah. Um, You know, it's not as empowering as load 582. No. But it's still empowering to go to college. It is. Yeah. And have it paid for. Yeah. That's also, a f- I'm told that can be empowering. Yeah. And by the way, what a segue. Okay. <laughs> so leave in the comments who you think had the best season and, and JL Covan summer, 2008, a candidate. Yeah. A candidate. Okay. No, it's not. It, it was good. It was good. It's, uh all I can say is Timbaland The Way I Are yeah. and Coldplay's Viva La Vida the soundtrack of of my best summer of my, your life my best summer <laughs> <laughs> I used to fuck a lot it was 2008 Well well uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway guys that was the cold play <laughs> segment of the show um but uh summer of 2008 it was the summer of 10, no um what the fuck were you talking about
1: or you were about to tell us about Men in Crisis?
0: Yes, Men in Crisis, because now we, which is a great Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones movie, by the way. We are the Men in Crisis. <laughs> I to figure out what movie you were talking about. It's like, what the, movie are they in? The together? one oh, with the, the big, the that one that made three hundred million yeah. that one? Uh, Cowboys and Aliens? No, different guys. <laughs> Daniel Craig, Harrison for it. Come on. Um, but yes, now that you've brought up college, okay? Yeah, I think it's a perfect time uh, to take a break. Can we take a break? Absolutely. Let's take a break and we're going to come back and talk about something I hear a lot in the media that I want to discuss and hopefully shit on. That's men in crisis, guys. So let's talk about men in crisis when we come back. And we're back on Rain on Your Parade with J.L. Covan. Mike, how was that break for you? Refreshing. Yeah, we need, need that sometimes. It's like a little podcast siesta. Yeah. Or as they say, <laughs> um We want to talk, I want to talk about men in crisis. Um, I recently lost my day job. Uh, so I guess maybe I, but I'm not like 20, I'm 40, I'm 44 and I just lost my job. That would qualify me, I think as a man in crisis mm-hmm. in most circumstances, except I was very savvy with my money. so I have a lot in the bank and I have uh, lucrative streams of uh, comedy. Um, allegedly, possibly one day. But I hear this a lot. And I think this was like when Trump got elected, this became kind of a thing, like he was speaking to forgotten Americans. And then a subset of that was, you know, the crisis among young men, they're not dating as much, they're not as employable as women, they're not, they're not succeeding, like the the, the general ideas that men are at like a low level of success compared to maybe previous generations. And that's, given rise to this cottage industry that I mock. And one day, don't worry, those episodes are coming, Mm. uh, you know, with with bros in suits, whether they be sort of meek Canadians posing as supervillains like Jordan Peterson or these guys like this guy, Justin Waller is the guy I keep forgetting to like look up his name, but he's the dude with the southern accent who's just, you know, shirt open like so suit guns tight tight around the suit like it's it's like yeah. it's like a suit like a high school suit but he puts it on because it makes his man arms look big yeah and he's just got all the wisdom in the world all of it just he, he'll he tell you you know my mother asked me if i wanted to go to disney world when i was nine when i got on the airplane it was coach seats and i told her to fuck off and i got off that plane two years later i was flying first class and i've never flown anything but first class that can be you have to decide the younger, the better, the sooner you decide that you're not going to accept a substandard life, the better off you'll be. And, uh, you know, the reason I was able to fly first class is that, um, my parents died and I inherited uh, $7 million. But the point is if I had taken that flight coach, I would have been setting myself up for a lifetime of coach flying instead of a first class lifestyle. So just send me $500 and you can uh, learn all my secrets and tips and tips of the trade to, uh, become an alpha male. But I see like, like there's a, there's an audience for this stuff. Yeah. I end up watching it out of like kind of a curiosity. Like it's not for me, but it's like, why are these guys getting big followings? What are they saying? And then I end up having like a chuckle usually, but I think we have to examine the crisis with men, you know, I wonder if this is kind of the same way that like the MAGA audience feels like anything like that black people or immigrants gets is taking from them. Like what if women getting rights and having lives and being able to support themselves and being able to explore their talents fully? And I'm not just talking OnlyFans. I'm talking medical school, law school, business school, you know, the... Yeah, the, the lesser empowering professions than only fans and stripping, but sex work. Sorry. Sex work is the right way to say yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Is sex work work? Mike is sex work work. Yeah. I think so, for 12 yeah. year olds. Okay. I oh. oh, just let me finish. No, no, you already said yes. I'm sure your answer won't change. God, you asshole. <laughs> I'm sure your answer wouldn't change, but I just let me finish the question before you, you blurt out, but for 12 year olds. Okay. We well, Mike. Um, that's my producer, everybody. Uh. Uh, <laughs>
1: What a fucking trap.
0: <laughs> no, it does not work for 12-year-olds. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Ugh. If you've seen some of what I've seen, they seem to work pretty hard. Um, <laughs> that, that's called a joke, everybody. That's yeah. called a joke. A dark joke, but a joke. Um, RIP, rest in power, Jeff Epstein. Anyway, the my point is, I think there's this hybrid of like women getting stuff is going to maybe limit some opportunities for men, but it's like, okay, the same dudes that will complain about other people getting stuff as a, want a meritocracy. Yeah. Right. They want a meritocracy. Well, what if women getting to be equal or fuller partners in society, Trump Supreme court withstanding is what's really affecting this or as, as having as much of an effect on this as, Hey, there's not as many mentors for men. There's not as much opportunity. It's to me, it's, and, and this stems from a joke that I had uh, an album title actually called Israeli tortoise. It was my 2016 masterpiece. And the main, the title track of that was basically about men seeing my father get old compared to seeing my mother get old. Mm-hmm. And I thought, look at the journey women have to take in life. The average woman, biologically tough road. Okay. You have periods you are under generally you are, you are not as safe as a man on his own. That's typically.
1: I'd say that that's yes.
0: I'd, now, now a bunch of yes. men got in my mentions in 2016 after I was on the Adam Carolla show to let me know that actually men are attacked way more than men. And I go, yeah, yeah like in fights and stuff. And yeah, but I don't think you get my point. If I'm walking down a dark alley, would I rather be my five foot two girlfriend Or me six foot seven. That's, that was my point that just in terms of the mindset, the world is, you know, yes, war and things. There are ways where men put themselves in, in grave danger. But I think unless you're being a dick, you know what I'm saying when I say, I feel like it's more dangerous to be a woman. So I was comparing women to Israel where I was like, yeah, you're thriving. You're doing this, you're doing that. But like, you're surrounded by enemies at all all times so you live your life but you've got to be on high alert all the time right that was the israeli (laughs) portion of it and then the tortoise was seeing my mom and dad age separately my mom two kids beat cancer twice when she got you know she just takes things in stride for the most part because it's just like oh is this another thing yeah (laughs) whereas my dad was always a very tall fit regal sort of person strong wasn't like a weightlifter or anything just a naturally strong sort of person and then once he you know he hit his late 70s it all collapsed and it was like all too much in a way because it was like oh my but everything comes it's it's a man's world i'm 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 strong i'm i just walk through life and then all of a sudden challenges hit you that you're not prepared for and it like it hits harder yeah you're not you know you're not Immune almost to challenges, whereas a, a woman—not—not not these like rich chicks, but you know, a real woman, salt of the earth. Right. No, all women deal with the these things, but like you know, my mom, working class woman, you're going to deal with just a, a shitload of shit your whole life, and especially the generation she's from. And I wonder if this is if this is what's happening on a larger scale with men now, where it's like, but but we always had everything, right, and now we don't opioids, video games, guns, Trump. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's like, yeah, there might be some factors going and This is not a data-driven podcast, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Mike failed to do the research I asked him to do. So we're just going off of vibes. Uh, I'm lazy. (laughs) No. No, no. But in other words, this is is obviously just speculation. But in terms of, when you look at the different things in the right-wing movements where you're like, oh, you think... Black people getting this or immigrants getting this is an automatic, hey, why do they get that? I don't get that. Yeah. Um, ignoring sort of what went on in the past. And would we, what if women had been equal? What if what if what a world? We can't really imagine this. It's hard to imagine. But what what would be the world if black people and women had always been from 1776 equal partners in America and our our schooling and our economic systems and our government what a world what a it's you can't even kind of comprehend what that would be and maybe we'd be 50-50 maybe women would be 65-35 maybe men would be 55-45 who knows but i think we i see this now with women being like i think a higher percentage of enrollees at at law schools now mm. over the last like decade i think that tide has shifted and i go yeah I mean, maybe men aren't as good, you know, like this, uh, that's like a sitcom hacky cuck kind of way of putting it, or maybe women, you know, much like what we did, what this country has done to black people, you force black people or Jewish people, Mm -hmm. you force people out of the mainstream to make their way inside pursuits. Then they go and dominate those pursuits because right. all you gave them, they, it's, it's lemonade out of lemons. You get sports and entertainment. Hey, why are black people always done? Well, you know, you don't have to look too far back to realize why. Yeah. And that's why I think you see white foreigners coming in and kicking ass in sports because they're, they're probably coming from circumstances that maybe, especially in like boxing, where it's like, oh, because you're not, you're coming from some other struggle. But in America, the struggle has been disproportionately put on black people, on women, mm-hmm. you know, different. You know, and this isn't to say, once again, white people don't have struggles when men don't have struggles. But when I look at the woman, the gender divide, I sort of go, but what if all this time you've been sitting on a powder keg of frustrated talent? You've just been sitting on women like my mom should be a partner at a law firm. Mm-hmm. That's just I have no she would be. A rainmaker and a bitch. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I say that because I've seen her at work. And yeah. she is a relentless, aggressive, smart, focused person. But in 1961, when she graduated high school, for many personal uh, reasons, she just went to work. Yeah. And she had a work ethic and she she read a lot. And that's what she, she was able to send two kids to high level private school and and private colleges and and give them you know, the head start you would expect from a rich person. Mm-hmm. She was able to do that mostly um you know and I always joke I say and she married a a, a black foreigner because she thought let's play the game of life on extra hard level. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah. Um yeah, life plus.
0: <laughs> high high school well, okay. The CoVan EA sports game. I guess Woman born in 44 with no college education would be tough. Hall
1: of all fame level. Hall yeah. of fame all level. Madden.
0: I'm going to platinum this game by getting all the trophies. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I'm, I'm thinking of her as an example, but I think what if we are just unleashing talent of women – And this will shock people listening to the show. They're like, is there a punchline coming where JL goes, I'm just kidding, fucking whores. (laughs) No, no, but what if we are, what if we have unleashed that talent and that motivation and we've created a world where women are, you know, now granted, there's good news, men. A lot of women out there with arm tattoos. So obviously they're not all focused on the important shit. Okay. There is a rise in arm tattoos that is alarming to me. Yeah. The, no longer the tramp stamp. Okay? That is a thing of the
1: past. I don't think I've seen a I don't think I've seen a woman with a tramp stamp in my sexual li- life. I've seen uh, arm tattoos.
0: Well, I'm not going to say but I am a uh, uh, close personal relationship of mine involves a tramp stamp oh no way i have a tramp stamp oh that's what i was going no i don't mazel no i don't um yeah but that but it's like to me it's almost like i i think we're missing the message ladies get your talent out there keep the tattoos hidden (laughs) listen (laughs) no 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 no, i'm I'm, i'm 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 fucking around here's what i like though i've often said this uh, I don't discriminate against any race, but I know I can never bring home to my mother a fully tatted-up woman.
1: I always used to have the same. My, the first time, but I love them.
0: Tattooed women? No, no. I'm talking like the only your like holes and nipples are not covered in tat. That's what you're into? Not, I'm into lots of things. Yeah. But that's like <laughs> one. That's you know when I go into Gregory's Coffee. Yeah. You know I, I like an assortment of cookies. Yeah. Right, um, and that's one of them. That may not be my chocolate chip cookie, right? But it's like oh, I'll have a, I'll have a, a little bit of that feels no pain cookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there are times where I just see one who's covered in tattoos, and I'm, I don't need like the face, but where it is almost like, wow, that is like sexy art. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're going to my nephew's high school graduation. Could you cover up a little bit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel you. Oh, so. No, and, and I, like I, I'm i joking, but it's like, I'm not going to lie and say I don't find that attractive, but yeah. I also, find, you know, I'm also like, geez, that's a, that's a lot, lady. Yeah. Um, What was I talking about? This is why I need, I need somebody in the room. I have these brain farts all the time. I don't really remember before the tattoos, tattoos. to be honest. Tattoos. No, no. The joke being like the arm tattoo thing feels like almost the new tramp stamp. Yeah. And I'm going... If I were a tattooed person, if I were a person of tattoos, I think that's the right way to say it. um, I'd be pissed Mm -hmm. because you've turned what used to be edgy and a culture, like whether I'm a goth chick or a rock star or a, or a biker
1: or in the Navy. Yeah. These used to
0: be things like there was, and I'm, it's the same way I feel about uh, when we talked last week about like country music where I'm like, I don't like, even if I'm not like in that world part of me feels wrong about like, you're not really, you know, country music is something different, right? You're just like, you're abusing the access to this fan base and these politics for an easy route when all you're doing is mediocre pop music. Mm -hmm. And when I see people with tattoos, I'm like, "Eh, I I want you to be about that life. Yeah. Right. And you're not about that. Prove
1: to me that you will break a bottle over somebody's head. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it's, 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 I'd be mad if I was a tatted up person because that's the way I would be. Yeah. I, I, if I were going to be about tats, I'd be like, tatted up. Yeah. Not like I have an ankle tattoo, a foot tattoo, and a little one where you can't see right now, Mike, <laughs> but maybe later. Um, But women, the, so the men, the, the silver lining here is I'm seeing a lot more arm tattoos on women, which which tells me all hope is not lost. There is still... um there are still those women lagging behind the movement who you can really pounce on and, and, and move up, uh, ahead of, uh, just kidding. Arm tattoo women's, uh, w- women's ladies, women's women, women's. That's a, uh, I don't like women's no more. Have you ever seen that video? Uh-uh. Oh, the guy in the church who was like, I'm not gay no more. I like, I don't like men's. I like women's. You should look it up. It's one of the funniest videos in, in the internet's history. Um, but my question is men in crisis, it's its a weird place to be because often these are men who keep espousing alpha male bullshit and yet either don't realize they're fucked up or, or like don't see the inconsistency. And I think when you look at somebody like Trump, not to tie it into Trump, that's the height of that thing. Like Trump is is a man in crisis, but does it really matter? He's the former president. He's a billionaire. Like his crisis is mental. And I think you can see a man in crisis, the damage he can do when given power. Mm-hmm. I think the lesson here is maybe we don't need to give these men in crisis power and platforms. <laughs>
1: well, I'd say that that's for sure.
0: Right. And it's not, I think it is a problem, but I think too often you know the irony here is the same men who will be like, "Hey, just work hard, stop complaining, get it done are the ones who need to do that actually, and maybe you're not gonna be a superstar, yeah, maybe you're not gonna be an alpha bro, maybe you can just get a fucking job, live your life, and try to be a decent person um and I think one of the things getting off social media for these you know the problem is too many people live on social media and it would be a good thing for them to get off of it but they don't realize it but the point is um i wonder and i actually think that what we're actually looking at is men in crisis perhaps because they are now being forced to deal with equality the same way racists feel there's something wrong with equality yeah well i whereas it's like no 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 you see You've been putting, not you personally necessarily, but society has been suppressing certain groups. And instead of dying off, (laughs) instead of being subjugated and giving up, as a community, members of those communities, whether they be black people, immigrants, women, have risen to mega heights and they are stronger for it. I, I don't think oppression is a good thing. I don't think we should oppress people or groups of people or discriminate. But that is what we have done. And that oppression has created diamonds. And then we have people who aren't diamonds looking at diamonds who don't look like them going, but why are they doing it? Why she's a bitch. She's, he's just getting that cause he's black. Right. If I was black, I'd be doing all sorts of things. And I think that's what we're dealing with now. So I look, I, I, I the men in crisis thing. I think we're in crisis because of men, but I don't necessarily think it's as big a deal. Of like, men are in crisis now. What about women? Were then, then women were in crisis for centuries? Yeah, Black people yeah. were in crisis for four hundred years. Like, um, a little hiccup in admissions to college um, and some social media influencers. You should ignore. Not a crisis. The crisis is for the people who have to deal with these lost souls who think the world should be theirs and it isn't the crisis is, you know, not to make January 6th, the example of everything that the crisis is January 6th, not whatever's going on in fucking Mark Paul Jonesy Jones's world in, in rural Ohio. Like I get it. It sucks. But like, if that's your answer, you're the problem. You're a bigger problem than whatever problem you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and all I'm saying is, (sighs) Women are doing better. And it's because there's an equal playing field now. Yeah. And, you know, all those fields that you see, you know, whenever somebody's like, oh, that black guy got into college or he did this because of this, or when people wanted to see Obama, you know, even it never stopped, whether it was Katanji Brown Jackson in the Supreme Court or Barack Obama in the presidency. Well, oh, let's see his transcript. Let's see. Can't you just accept maybe he's better than you?
1: Can I add something? Yeah. I, I think that there's, I think part of the issue here is also, I thought about this a lot, we live in a world that is much less physical and violent from a day-to-day yeah. perspective, where I think that like, generations before ours, like my, gr- my grandfather was in World War II, then there was a world war right before that. Like, World War II was sort of the a tipping point where it was like there weren't I mean, we went to Vietnam after that, but there weren't generations of people that men that got drafted into the army right. and then served time. But up to a point, every man had been in the military. So I think that there was this like long shot ego stroke for a lot of men where they had a chance to like go and have a life where there could have been glory in their life where they're, right. they're a war hero or they're whatever. And now you're in this world where like violence, especially and and and, uh, uh, physical jobs are kind of going away because of technology. I think a lot of guys don't know what to do with that because they're not going to get that ego stroke of like, they're going to have to just be normal people work like a, maybe some people work a construction job or some shit. That's not super appealing, but somebody's going to have to do those jobs. And And there's
0: always going to be a woman with a tattoo on her arm that will fuck you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) So you don't have to be an incel. There's always been one of those, left behind i could go to medical school i could become a nurse or i could just spend my application fee on this arm tattoo yeah she's always going to be left <laughs> behind for to keep you company yeah, yeah
1: yeah an arm tattoo get a case of red bulls <laughs> you know and a bike
0: well to speak personally <laughs> on this and maybe it's because i'm a more cerebral person yeah um but i you know i've been thinking to myself my comedy career is not where i thought it would be right now. And it's not where I want it to be. And it's reached a tipping point there where it's like, do I, do I step back? Do I quit comedy? Do I maybe just do the podcast, do some videos, get a day, get a, get a new day job and just kind of find my piece there. But the things that I have been trained as a man in my life to pursue, not trained formally, but just the way I've lived my life, it has been athletics. It's been academics and it's been women and I don't mean that in any kind of bro, frat competition, but like one of the great joys in life. Now I'm in a very nice relationship right now. And, but one of the great joys in life is that keeps things fresh, like a new adventure is dating. Yeah. And I sometimes think to myself, like, I lost my job. I don't know where comedy's going and i didn't love my job i didn't love my day job but i but it was it was just like it was there it was like the direct deposit and the health benefits always there yeah and i think to myself what's the pursuit going to be i think that's it's not necessarily a physical thing but like i have spent a life whether it's pursuing athletics academics women or 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 comedy it's always a pursuit and my My thing is, what do I do now? And that makes me uncomfortable. It doesn't make me uh, hate women or do it just, but it's almost a philosophical thing in terms of like, what, what's my place in the world? Like, what if I have five years left? What if I have 30 years left? What if I have, maybe I have 50 years left, but I'm a giant 44 year old. Like I probably, if if I get 40 years more, I, I don't know if I can expect any more than that or hope for any more than that. Kareem's still alive. No, I and I use Kareem and Bill Russell as the only two examples in yeah. my in my uh in my stand up where I go, they're very rare. Um and uh I mean all three of us world class athletes, right. but of course. Uh but it's but it, but I I think about that, and it's it is a difficult question to think of. It is difficult to ponder, um, because you also think like, well, what if I, I and this is hypothetical, but like. But what if my best years are behind me? Like, what if I get to be, get to be, what if I'm single or I get a great job or my comedy career takes off and not like the combinations no longer there. I'm not who I, in my mind, I'm still 29 and kicking ass, but I'm really fucking 44 and mediocre.
1: Here's the rub JL, as we pivot into full on therapy mode.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, no. But this is my one little like sympathy. But then like where you say I can see to an extent, but then what I don't get is but you just got to deal with it, and you right. got to find a way to be useful, and you got to find a way to like pivot and and work at something else. And it's to me, it's 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 these same people will tell like a single black mom from the inner city, you've got, you got to stop complaining about stuff. But the minute their fucking PS five breaks and they yeah. don't communicate with their friends, uh, their sixteen year old bros across the country yeah. as forty year old men, yeah, they're like. Well, I'm going to get a fucking gun and shoot up someplace yeah, yeah, yeah. like and that's that it's it's. But yes, we were veering into full on therapy. I was just going to say that at
1: some point, your best days are behind you. Right. And I mean, that that's an inevitability of life. And I think that it sucks to think about all of these things. Um, But I have think you seen
0: Benjamin Bratt, though, on Poker Face? Uh, oh, I'm, listen, but that. 59 he, years old. That man's best days are still ahead. I what don't know a-
1: if that's true, but he's, I, I think you, that you can, you can, I think you can sort of keep uh your, it doesn't, everybody's best days look different than everybody else's best days. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Benjamin Bratt's best days are probably behind him, but that doesn't mean that his, Future days are bad.
0: His future you know days I mean? are most men's best right. days. <laughs> right. Right.
1: So it's not an insult to him. Like he's keeping it together pretty nicely. Um, but I just think that this is like that's one of the things that comes with therapy, man. Like you I think a lot of younger men probably should be going and aren't. And Well, they have does, Jordan
0: Peterson and TikTok well, bros.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a problem in and of itself. But you got to you got to talk out this stuff and kind of a lot of it is killing your ego to at least killing the bad parts of it. You know, yeah, because you have to be you got to you got to live with with your own. You got to live with yourself. You know what I mean? It's difficult to do that if you are. But let's be honest here. A lot of people are just cheap and they'll they'll find something to be led by, whether it's Jordan Peterson or Lizzo or whatever. People will find something that clicks for them. Very few people are leaders. So I think that you have more followers out there than leaders. And it sucks to say that Jordan Peterson is a leader, but he is, in fact, unfortunately, a le- like a thought leader for these people. Right. Not for us, right. but for these
0: lost people.
1: It's like it's it's the perfect grift, you know?
0: And and my thing I realized like about a, a little over a decade ago, actually like 13 years ago, I remember I was in a very good relationship and I would lost my job. And this was... I didn't know it then that I had had my best days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't know I was a- exiting potentially my best days. And I remember a friend, a female friend that I, that I worked with, um, had said, "Well, what? Like, you guys are together. Why don't you move in?" And like, let, and I was like, "I can't do that. Like, I can't rely on her." Now that stems from my own experience having sort of a two parent household, but where the woman was the leader. Mm-hmm. And that didn't look good. It wasn't like a. I didn't grow up going like, women can be anything. I was like, man, when a woman has to lead, there's a lot of fights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> but that, I'm saying it, to to cut it down very simply. Yeah. When it, like the lesson was not even though part of that lesson, you heard me speak of my mother in good terms mostly. Yeah. Um. Besides the B word, uh, I meant that as like that's how you know. Two thirds of the people she works with would say, unbelievable, yeah. great worker. And a third, and they wouldn't be completely wrong, would be, bitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and it's, and I don't, and and she's not a victim of the sexist trope of like a woman with powers, but now my mom wields the power. Yeah. Like, she's not just like, I'm asking you to do something. It's like, fucking do it. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. So you're going to use that tone, man. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see. Yeah. But in my house, It's a complex thing because I don't think my mom would have ever been comfortable being taken care of because of her background, losing her mom so young and going to work at 17. But it created a catch 22 of like, well, you don't want to be taken care of, but the man has to measure up to your work ethic, which creates an unsolvable conflict of, okay, well, if I contribute, you don't want to be taken care of. But if I'm not doing this, I'm fucking lazy and not handling my business. Yeah. So to me, the lesson was always, you can't let the woman... Not about leading, not about telling her what to do, but you as the man have to be the guy. Subconsciously, that was the, and that's why I wasn't comfortable at that age being like, "Yeah, you know, what? I'm I'm down on my luck right now." Hey, uh, yeah. how about? But at this age, I'm like, "Ah, you take care of me for a couple yeah, months." Yeah, yeah. But the funny thing is, I remember like a week after I lost my job, we went to a movie. Laura paid for the movie, paid for dinner. I was like. Is it my birthday,
1: dude? I know <laughs> I had I I've been kind of seeing this this chick the last like couple weeks, almost a month, I guess. And we for so far, anytime we've gotten dinner or whatever, I've paid. Yeah. Yesterday, she paid the whole thing, and it like hurt my heart, <laughs> and I feel bad because there's no reason that she shouldn't like that I should feel bad about it. But there's just something in my head that's just like. I, sh- I, sh- I should have like thrown my body in front of the check,
0: you know? Yeah. Just like in the line of fire <laughs> yeah, like, catch it right before it gets there. Yeah.
1: Up. But again, it's like, that's my own ego. Like she's, she's a professional woman also. Like she's, she makes good money. There's no reason she can't take me out for dinner. I, and I should be comfortable with it. It was just kind of like in the moment I was just like, fuck, all right, you could pay, you know,
0: I get that feeling. It's still like, and that's, it's right. It's, it's one of those things where, if I couldn't pay, I guess that could feel humiliating, maybe. Right. But I but, I, but in that mode, I'd be like, but I can't pay. Right. Uh, I'm accept I'm accepting right, the way right, things are. Right. Um, whereas like if I can, it feels like that's the man's role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a complicated thing. I started out by obviously just blanketly shitting on people, but it, I do think that the irony of being held hostage in this country by a group of people that simultaneously there's this movement because they're in crisis, but they're also the most likely group to project, Hey, pick yourself up. Right. Don't ask anybody for help. Right. From like these bro influencers, they're exploiting the men, their desire because, but I think that's the poison is that, power corrupts and i think a lot of these men a lot of men i think you a lot of men want to be that status to then be able to use and or abuse that status not just for like i am taking care of my family it's like you want to flex on people you want to make other people feel less than and if you can't you project onto yourself, oh, my God, they think I'm a piece of shit because that's how I think of them yeah. when I have some juice or some power. Or that's how I would act if I had power, but I don't. So they think, I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch. Fuck that. And, you know, that's what we're stuck with. So the lesson is, ladies, keep <laughs> keep doing your thing, um, Man, <laughs> that's, that's the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> keep doing your thing, ladies. Don't get tattoos. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe just skip the uh, – yeah, just skip the arm tattoos. Yeah, you know I don't want this to be the mass the 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 patriarchy equivalent of like a white employer who tells a black employee to cut their hair, mm-hmm. ignoring the cultural yes. significance of it. But let's be honest: there's no cultural significance to your tattoo on your arm. It you're you're not a tribeswoman. To say not unless you're Samoan. Exactly. <laughs> it, to all my Samoan female unless listeners. Unless she's Momoa.
1: Jason Momoa.
0: Yeah. Uh, if she's Jason, is he, a she that? Is she, is she, uh, is she, she that? Uh, I think Jason is still a, He's a he. A man. Yes. Okay. Um, one more I break. Know. And then I just want to say one, one quick announcement yeah, yeah. at the end, but, uh, this, this was uh, meandering to be honest, but, um, a little, I just think the men in crisis thing, it's, it's really, even if there's data, I think it's almost one of those things. Like there is a problem, but we're looking at it in my opinion from, In criminal justice, I think there's, you know, it, it, I just find it ironic that the same people that will be the ones that go, I don't care what happened in his past. He did the crime. I don't care. They seem to be the most hardcore absolutists. But now these are the people we need to look at and say, we need to find them solutions and get them better help. And it's like, maybe they need to adapt. And I get it. It's it's almost like a terrorist situation. It's like, well, we need to help them adapt because when young men go off the rails, bad things happen, which is, it's almost like these men in crisis are really like quasi terrorists where we're like, we need to fix the problem now because when they are in trouble, well, guess what was nice when, 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 when women were in trouble, (laughs) uh, they didn't do any of this shit. Yeah. And they just took over. They took, they took the opportunities when, when, when finally things opened up to be fair. And so my point is men may be in crisis, but fuck them. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to take one more break. <laughs> we're going to take one more break. Uh, we'll be right back on uh, Rain On Your Parade with J.L. Covan And we're back. And guys, now that I've had a break to think clearly and concisely, basically what I'm saying that I find interesting about the men versus women thing, the men in crisis is – What we're really saying is men in crisis, we need to help men, not because necessarily we need to help them, but because if we don't help them, they will become everybody's problem, which is sort of the terrorist nation building sort of thing that so many of these same men would say, "Uh, I don't want to go to Afghanistan for 20 years. Now, I know Afghanistan, bad example, kind of a rough country to fix. But that is the theory behind some of these things. That's why we're helping in Ukraine. Not because necessarily Ukraine is the greatest country in the world and the greatest people, though they seem fine and they have a lot of hot women. It's because if we don't, things will be worse. So that's kind of an odd way to help men in this country to be like, we've got to help them because when we don't help them, they're the most dangerous thing on earth. Yes. And with women, if you notice, (laughs) this is kind of the distinction. When we subjugated women to second-class status for centuries, Anybody remember just tons of mass shootings from all that frustration women were clearly feeling? No. No, and that's probably the best piece of evidence that maybe women, not in a sitcom hacky way, but maybe women are a little better than men. Maybe they are. It's possible. Okay? Sorry, alpha podcasters, but it's possible because look at the evidence. Six months of frustration, mass shooting, Trump elected (laughs) 200 years of subjugation in second classes. And uh, now we can go to law school. (laughs) So I don't know. There's a soundbite for you, you son of a bitch. Put that on the TikTokers with a hard R anyway, guys um, let's just talk comedy real quick. Um, The only thing I have to promote this week and this episode will be up later, but you know what? For me, it's important. Half blackface. The album took 22 months to come out. The special is still not ready, but it is available when you listen to this podcast. Get yourself on a streaming platform or even be generous and buy it on Amazon or iTunes. It's my greatest stand-up work. Really proud of it. Took a long time to come out. So that's the only comedy I'm going to promote this week. We'll be back next week with some sort of review commentary on somebody else's special. But this week it's about me. And uh, the punch down of the week happened on my way over here. I just, as of today, put up a Mike Pence sketch, and it was very funny. And then the person uh, who commented, uh, as always, is a big fan. You know, they always got to give you all the praise before they tell you how to do your job. Yeah. But it was the, they cr- gave, the roll call of credentials. Yeah, yeah. They gave me a thumbs up. And then they said, the Pence needs work, <laughs> but the content is very funny. More Mitch McConnell videos, please. L O L O L. And I wrote back in sort of paraphrasing. Uh insult my work and then demand more free entertainment. Thumbs down. And that was my gladiator way of saying I hope you get executed tonight. Pleasant. I don't fuck around on YouTube. No, I didn't write that part. I didn't even think that part. That was just a joke that fell flat. But um, yeah, that was that, that was great because I, that's, a, that's a branch of the punch downs that I get, which are, they're not really trying to help the joke. They're just letting me know they're big fans and that something needs to be better. And um, like I always say, I'll take a troll. I'm fine with a troll. The fan who trolls and doesn't know they're trolling, the most annoying thing on earth. That's not to say you can't criticize, but uh, then just criticize. Don't try to like Trojan horse a critique in a bunch of compliments. And then to demand more free entertainment, like, oh, I prefer this. And I, I almost said, I'm going to never do Mitch McConnell again. I'm that spiteful. I have that Jordan level of spite in me. But yes. That, uh, and that person was a woman. So in case you thought I lost my alpha male credentials on this episode of all my woke feminism, I entered this studio today, shitting on an anonymous woman on YouTube and she was probably elderly. So it all evens that. out. Yeah. So thank you everybody. Uh, go check out my Patreon if you like this or want to see more bonus content. Um, check out my YouTube. The shows go up on the, my YouTube channel. Check out other shows. Is the Slickback Studios site going to be up by now? The website? Yeah.
1: Probably not.
0: Okay. Don't We're check out anything it. else, but eventually you'll be checking things out on Slickback Studios, uh whole network guys. Uh, but thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you didn't, um, well, men are in crisis and, uh, that's okay. If you didn't enjoy this because apparently you're in crisis. Bye.